0: Welcome to Walks with Albert. Hey there. Once again, Walks with Albert. Uh, Thanks for joining me. And I'm really walking this time. I am off the tennis court. And what that means is there's going to be noise. There's going to be wind. uh, Cars maybe going by me. People having fun. What can I do? That's what the world sounds like. And if I'm going to go out walking, we're both going to get a dose of that. See, I'm going to keep walks with Albert going through the summer because it is it is gorgeous. I'm looking up at blue sky right now, and I'm looking at it through tree branches, and it's really pretty. A plane is going by somewhere. You know, it's what can I do? But that's okay, because today I got something that might be... Uh, a change in the movie industry forever. Now, you may have noticed, I don't know if you can see this, Walks With Albert has a steadily declining listenership. And I don't care. because a couple of people who I really like. They said, oh, Walks With Albert, this is great, you know. And so this is for them. How you guys doing? (laughs) And gals. um, Yeah, it's Walks With Albert. For just the little group of us going on the walk but there is a chance there's always a chance that maybe someone listening is a movie person a tv person but mo- you know in this case movie person i don't know i don't know how they ever they'd ever know about me or know about this podcast but if ever a movie person is listening this one episode is for you because I think you need to hear what I'm about to say. I made a discovery. And I know if you're someone who's gotten some of my emails before, I know I'm, I am oftentimes saying, oh, I've made some sort of movie discovery or breakthrough, or I've hit on a gold mine idea. And I know that the more often you do that, the more it would seem to devalue future claims to having discovered something big and revolutionary for movies. But th- this time, just... I got a fly buzzing right right across my line of vision. So I... Sorry, I got distracted. But, you know, when I'm out walking, I get it. I am distracted very easily. Like, if I saw a bunny right now, the podcast stops being about the movie and starts being about that bunny. Um... But okay, going. You, this is something you should really uh, think about taking me seriously, on movie person. And to the people who aren't movie people, right? Just my my pals listening. in, Hey, this might answer some questions we already always had about movies, and why is it that some movies they just drop out of our memory completely, and some movies. Now we're remembering forever. They are in their way, you know, part of us, our mental makeup, forever and ever. Okay, I think I might have some insight into this because every now and again, and I have to admit it, I watch the Mission Impossible movies, all of them in a row, except for two, of course. Mission Impossible 2 is uh, in, no, I won't do it. It's, it's too stupid so I'll watch Mission, all the Mission Impossibles minus two because look I know Tom Cruise is kind of nuts and I know the thing that he's involved with Scientology is definitely nuts so you put those two things together and it's a guy who might be a little nutty inside a system of belief which is so nutty we're talking crazy nutty, right? I see a car looking at me, and they're doing a three-point turn and going the other way. I think I when I do these podcasts, I have a look on my face, and a plane's going overhead, and another person's walking by. So this podcast has now driven off the road into a ditch, and i got to wait for it to pull itself out of the ditch. Things calm down. Okay. So I watch all the Mission Impossibles and I know they got Tom Cruise in it, but there's something you gotta give Tom Cruise because if anything, we are the people who can give credit where credit's due because it's not due a lot of places. Tom Cruise can simulate sincerity in true movie star fashion in the most ridiculous scenarios. He can do it in the Mission Impossible movies, which are ridiculous. He can do it in War of the Worlds. He even did it halfway in that minority report all these entirely ridiculous movies he's got a face which says i believe it and he is the most deeply emotionally invested secret agent ever just by going by his face and that's why eventually they paid him the big bucks you tom they would say you can sell these ridiculous absurd nonsensical plot devices we got you can sell them to an audience with that movie star sincerity face of yours and uh, that's why he's you know he's one of the top guys Mel Gibson was that for a long time ever see that movie the bounty with him where he plays I think Christian Fletcher and uh, Anthony Hopkins plays Captain Bly you believe them even though you know he's Tom Cruise, here's Anthony Hopkins, you believe them. So that's what I think is part of what gets me into the Mission Impossible movies. And why I cannot do superhero movies with their snarky bratty comebacks, these people with their, and they don't they don't take it seriously until they take it too seriously, right? They act it all light and, and snarky and then suddenly they're supposed to pretend like oh they feel all the feelings in the world these superhero movie actors it's just not that way I gotta slap at a fly now so it might hit the microphone sorry hoping that'll get that that one fly away from me you know they got that in Australia I'm saying that as I'm looking at eucalyptus trees so it's like for a moment here it's Outback Albert with the uh, walks with Albert through the Outback They got that in Australia. They got flies that will just not leave you alone. And I think we've imported a few of them because every now and again, I'll get a fly who is persistent way beyond what flies used to be. And maybe he came over from uh, from Australia on a ship. and They started coming because what they do is they do the Australia thing. You ever heard about Uh, they got hats in Australia, which are just like wine corks at the ends of strings. It's to keep the flies out of your face and I've heard it works, you know, 50, 60% of the time. But they also got something they call the Bush Salute, which is just waving your hand in front of your face really quick to slap another fly out from there. By the way, hear those birds? I'm just gonna go quiet for a second so you can hear these birds. Wow. I mean, I do want these podcasts to have thick and intensive content, right? I don't want them to be just meandering podcasts. I mean, as you can tell, right, by my efforts to stay on topic and I got to slap the fly again. Ah, that time I had to slap my own head. But um, every now and again, it's nice to stop and just listen. Wait, I got to slap the fly away again. This is, it's just like I'm using my hat. It's like a horse's tail smacking at this fly. Okay, so I'm watching, watching Mission Impossible 1. and so, Oh yeah, that this it's this scene. Oh yeah, it's this scene. Oh yeah, what they in a uh, uh, restaurant with, that's made up of giant aquariums, and they're gonna explode it, and he's gonna run away with all the fish. Okay, and then, you know, skip over Mission Impossible 2. Um, then, then, I'm about to watch, watch Mission Impossible 3. I cannot remember a single thing that's gonna be happening in that movie. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at it, right? About to click it on Amazon. Prime right it was free for Prime members and I I got a, a sort of a charity Prime membership it's complicated has to do with the delivery that they did that when we had never mind okay so I'm looking at the the thing for it the thumbnail and it's like okay Mission Possible 3 wait what the hell was in that one and I'm trying to think trying to think so hard and I cannot remember a single thing now I start thinking, okay, well, then maybe it's just one I remember. But no, then I start thinking of Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol, and I can remember the things that happened there, and I can remember the number five one, Rogue Nation, and I'm remembering lots of stuff from that one. Then the the most recent one, I think, was a Fallout, and I saw the movie theater. I can remember five, six distinct scenes in that movie. Mission Impossible 3, nothing. No. I think I know why I could not remember a thing in that movie. And this is where movie people, any movie person with power who happens for whatever reason to be listening to this podcast. Okay, this is the part you need to pay attention to. And I know the chances of you that you're still listening at this point, if you even stumbled onto this podcast at all, is slim. But if you are, and to everyone else listen. this might explain it, why we cannot remember Mission Impossible 3 and other movies of that kind. It has got so much shaky camera in it, like ridiculous. Shaky camera is something that's always bothered me. First, it makes me motion sick. Second, that is not how the world looks. That is how a shaky camera looks. Now watch, just wherever you are, move your head around like you're a shaky camera, right? Move it. Oh, man. See, I shouldn't do that and throws off my gyroscope, right? Okay, I'm better. Just going to close my eyes, deep breath. <sighs> but see, even when I was shaking my head right before the vertigo kicked in, that is not what a shaky camera looks like. Your brain fixes it Somehow. It's just, it's not doing shaky camera. Shaky camera has these fixed boundaries, right? And it's just a rectangle that's shaken around a field of vision. That is not what eyeballs are like. That is not how they handle the world, a shake. Okay, now, I think that when there is excessive shaky camera Like Mission Impossible 3 where they're just having the camera shake to try to get some visual energy going the cheap way, right? And the uh, kind of the brainless way, right? Instead of composition and tempo, they just go, oh, we'll shake the camera. That'll make this feel like there's energy here with this scene. You know what? The brain we got as we're watching that, it has to stabilize that footage for it to make sense now it doesn't look stable right but it has to stable it conceptually it has to everything that's shaken we have to we have to do pattern recognition to make it recognizable to, to us as if it were stable and I think the brain having to do that extra processing I say processing like the Brits so I know it's, it's processing For it to do that extra work, it does not have as much juice, as much computational cycles to stick what you're watching into long-term memory. And I think that's why shaky cam movies are very forgettable. It's because the brain had to do so much. ...for you to be able to continually recognize what's happening in front of you... ...even though it's shaken in a way that does not correspond to human vision. That extra work that your brain did... ...it kept it from doing other things. Like sticking it into your brain for memory recall. Now, how can I have prove this? Well, that's a good question. I think I'm going to do it inductively. Think of movies you can't remember. I know that sounds like a contradiction, but no, you could think of the titles, but what's in them? Sometimes you just like the Star Trek reboot. No idea. It was a shaky cam movie. I can remember at one point he has big hands. Mission Impossible 3 was a blank slate. Now think of things like Raiders of the Lost Ark, the original Star Wars. And Empire Strikes Back, the two good ones. The only two good ones, are the Star Wars. Think of those classic movies, Jaws. Think of those amazing blockbusters and how they permeated culture and really burned themselves into our brains. It's because they are steady When you are looking at something in that movie, that's what it would look like if you were just standing there with those people, in those situations, moving along with them, or just seeing what they see. Whenever there's a shaky camera, it's not what the character sees. It's not what you would see if you were there. It's what you see if it looks like suddenly the the cameraman's got the DTs. Like he just decided to go on the wagon at the wrong time and now he's showing up with the camera in his hands and he's got the shakes. So I think the movies in the future not only should stop doing shaky cam, for the love of God, stop doing shaky cam. It does not look like anything humans see. It looks like what nervous cameramen produce. Those movies that used shaky cam, and there's a lot of them, those have now got to be stabilized and it can be done, right? We know it can be done with enough computer power. You can stabilize it. They can do that. It is going to be costly. So any movie person listening who's got any influence in this area, if we were to sit down and have any kind of talk like in your office or just at a place where all the Hollywood guys have lunch, I got other other movie ideas to tell you too. but. Prime what we can do uh for most of the talk is I can go through what movie titles I remember, but do not remember the movie and if we can then confirm those are shaky cam, you know this is a way for you to directly source a consumer of uh, your your movie product who has what needs to be fixed with your with your sh- shaky cam movies see i'm get I know that came out weird, but I'm, I get nervous when I start to address potential movie people. I don't think they take me seriously, and it's not It's not because of my voice, and you know it's not because I'm not famous, right? There's a lot of people who are not famous. I think it's because you know, I have contacted them before on many things. And not only that, I think there's something in my voice that as soon as I start saying an idea that would change movies forever, there's this weird subconscious something in my voice that's like, uh, you, why even try? What does it matter to you now that you know you never got famous never gonna be famous why even care yeah I'm gonna go back inside uh see you next week never got you know that uh, see you bye